Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmund Ross Stand. Act V. Cyrano's Gazette. Fifteen years later, in 1655. The park of the convent occupied by the Ladies of the Cross at Paris. Magnificent foliage. To the left, the house upon a broad terrace at the head of a flight of steps, with several doors opening upon the terrace. In the center of the scene, an enormous tree, alone in the center of a little open space. Toward the right, in the foreground, among boxwood bushes, a semicircular bench of stone. All the way across the background of the scene, an avenue overarched by the chestnut trees, leading to the door of a chapel on the right, just visible among the branches of the trees. Beyond the double curtain of the trees, we catch a glimpse of bright lawns and shaded walk, masses of shrubbery, the perspective of the park, the sky. A little side door of the chapel opens upon a colonnade, garlanded with autumnal vines, and disappearing on the right behind the box trees. It is late October. Above the still living green of the turf, all the foliage is red and yellow and brown. The evergreen masses of box and yew stand out darkly against the autumnal coloring. A heap of dead leaves under every tree. The leaves are falling everywhere. They rustle underfoot along the walks. The terrace and the bench are half covered with them. Before the bench on the right, on the side toward the tree, is placed a tall embroidery frame, and beside it a little chair. Baskets filled with skeins of many-colored silks and balls of wool, tapestry unfinished on the frame. At the curtain rise, the nuns are coming and going across the park. Several of them are seated on the bench around Mother Marguerite de Jesus. The leaves are falling. Sister Marth to Mother Marguerite. Sister Claire has been looking in the glass at her new cap. Twice. Mother Marguerite to Sister Claire. It is very plain, very. Sister Claire. And Sister Marth stole a plum out of the tart this morning. Mother Marguerite to Sister Marth. That was wrong, very wrong. Sister Claire. Oh, but such a little look. Sister Marth. Such a little plum. Mother Marguerite, severely. I shall tell Monsieur de Cyrano this evening. Sister Claire. No, oh no, he will make fun of us, Sister Marth. He will say nuns are so gay, Sister Claire, and so greedy, Mother Marguerite, smiling, and so good, Sister Claire. It must be ten years, Mother Marguerite, that he has come here every Saturday, is it not, Mother Marguerite? More than ten years, ever since his cousin came to live among us here her worldly weeds among our linen veils, her widowhood and our virginity, like a black dove among white doves. Sister Marth, no one else ever turns that happy sorrow of hers into a smile. All the nuns, he is such fun, he makes us almost laugh, and he teases everyone, and pleases everyone, and we all love him, and he likes our cake, too. Sister Marth, I am afraid he is not a good Catholic. Sister Claire, some day we shall convert him. The nuns, yes, yes. Mother Marguerite, 
Let him be. I forbid you to worry him. Perhaps he might stop coming here. Sister Marth. But... God? Mother Marguerite. You need not be afraid. God knows all about him. Sister Marth. Yes. But every Saturday he says to me, just as if he were proud of it, Well, sister, I ate meat yesterday. Mother Marguerite. He tells you so. The last time he said that, he had not eaten anything for two days. Sister Marth. Mother. Mother Marguerite. He is poor, very poor. Sister Marth. Who said so? Mother Marguerite. Monsieur Lebray. Sister Marth. Why does not someone help him? Mother Marguerite. He would be angry, very angry. Between the trees upstage, Roxanne appears, all in black, with a widow's cap and long veils. De Guiche, magnificently grown old, walks beside her. They move slowly. Mother Marguerite rises. Let us go in. Madame Madeleine has a visitor. Sister Marthe to Sister Claire. The Duc de Gramont, is it not? The Marshal? Sister Claire looks toward de Guiche. I think so, yes. Sister Marthe. He has not been to see her for months. The nuns. He is busy. The court. The camp. Sister Claire. The world. They go out. De Guiche and Roxanne come down in silence, and stop near the embroidery frame. Pause. De Guiche. And you remain here, wasting all that gold, forever in mourning. Roxanne. Forever. De Guiche. And still faithful. Roxanne. And still faithful. De Guiche, after a pause. Have you forgiven me? Roxanne, simply, looking up at the cross of the convent. I am here. Another pause. De Guiche. Was Christian all that? Roxanne, if you knew him. De Guiche. Ah, we were not precisely intimate. And his last letter, always at your heart. Roxanne. It hangs here like a holy reliquary. De Guiche. Dead, and you love him still. Roxanne. Sometimes I think he has not altogether died. Our hearts meet, and his love flows all around me, living. De Guiche. After another pause. You see Cyrano often. Roxanne. Every week. My old friend takes the place of my gazette, brings me all the news. Every Saturday, under that tree where you are now, his chair stands if the day be fine. I wait for him, embroidering. The hour strikes, then I hear, I need not turn to look, at the last stroke, his cane tapping the steps. He laughs at me for my eternal needlework. He tells the story of the past week. Lebray appears on the steps. There's Lebray. Lebray approaches. How is it with our friend? Lebray. Badly. De Guiche. Indeed. Roxanne to De Guiche. Oh, he exaggerates. Lebray. Just as I said. Loneliness. Misery. I told him so. 
His satires make a host of enemies. He attacks the false nobles, the false saints, the false heroes, the false artists. In short, everyone. Roxanne. But they fear that sword of his. No one dare touch him. De Guiche, with a shrug. Hmm. That may be so. Lebray. It is not violence I fear for him, but solitude, poverty, old gray December stealing on wolf's feet, with a wolf's green eyes, into his darkening room. Those bravos yet may strike our swordsmen down. Every day now he draws his belt up one hole. His poor nose looks like old ivory. He has one coat left, his old black serge. Lebray, that is nothing strange in this world. No, you need not pity him overmuch. Lebray, with a bitter smile. My Lord Marshal. De Guiche, I say, do not pity him overmuch. He lives his life, his own life, his own way, thought, word, and deed, free. Lebray, as before. My Lord Duke. De Guiche, haughtily. Yes, I know, I have all, he has nothing. Nevertheless, today I should be proud to shake his hand. Saluting Roxanne. Adieu. Roxanne. I will go with you. De Guiche salutes Lebray and turns with Roxanne towards the steps. De Guiche pauses on the steps as she climbs. Yes, I envy him now and then. Do you know, when a man wins everything in this world, when he succeeds too much, he feels, having done nothing wrong, especially heaven knows, he feels somehow a thousand small displeasures with himself, whose whole sum is not quite remorse, but rather a sort of vague disgust. The ducal robes mounting up, step by step to pride and power, Somewhere among their folds draw after them a rustle of dry illusions, vain regrets, as your veil up the stairs here draws along the whisper of dead leaves. Roxanne, ironical. The sentiment does you honor. De Guiche. Oh, yes. Pausing suddenly. Monsieur Lebray. To Roxanne. You pardon us. He goes to Lebray and speaks in a low tone. One moment. It is true that no one dares attack your friend. Some people dislike him nonetheless. The other day at court, such a one said to me, This man, Cyrano, may die. Accidentally. Lebray, coldly. Thank you. De Guiche, you may thank me. Keep him at home all you can. Tell him to be careful. Lebray, shaking his hands to heaven. Careful. He is coming here. I'll warn him, yes, but... Roxanne, still on the steps to a nun who approaches her. Here I am. What is it? The nun. Madame, Ragano wishes to see you. Roxanne, bring him here. To Lebray and de Guiche. He comes for sympathy. Having been, first of all, a poet, he became since then, in turn, a singer, Lebray, bathhouse keeper, Roxanne, sacristan, Lebray, actor, Roxanne, hairdresser, 
Lebray, music master, Roxanne. Now, today, Ragano enters hurriedly. Madame, he sees Lebray. Monsieur, Roxanne, smiling. First, tell your troubles to Lebray for a moment, Ragano. But Madame, she goes out with de Guiche, not hearing him. Ragano comes to Lebray. After all, I had rather. You are here. She need not know so soon. I went to see him just now, our friend. As I came near his door, I saw him coming out. I hurried on to join him. At the corner of the street, as he passed, could it be an accident? I wonder. At the window overhead, a lackey with a heavy log of wood let it fall. Lebray. Cyrano. Ragano. I ran to him. Lebray. God, the cowards. Ragano. I found him lying there, a great hole in his head. Lebray. Is he alive? Ragano. Alive, yes. But I had to carry him up to his room. Dieu, have you seen his room? Lebray. Is he suffering? Ragano. No, unconscious. Lebray. Did you call a doctor? Ragano. One came for charity. Lebray. Poor Cyrano. We must not tell Roxanne all at once. Did the doctor say, Ragano? He said fever and lesions of the. I forget those long names. Ah, if you had seen him there, his head all white bandages. Let us go quickly. There is no one to care for him, all alone. If he tries to raise his head, he may die. Lebray draws him away to the right. This way, it is shorter, through the chapel. Roxanne appears on the stairway and calls to Lebray as he is going out by the colonnade, which leads to the small door of the chapel. Monsieur Lebray! Lebray and Ragano rush off without hearing. Running away, when I call to him, poor dear Ragano must have been very tragic. She comes slowly down the stair toward the tree. What a day! Something in these bright autumn afternoons, happy and yet regretful. An old sorrow smiling, as though poor little April dried her tears long ago and remembered. She sits down at her work. Two nuns come out of the house carrying a great chair and set it under the tree. Ah, the old chair for my old friend. Sister Marth, the best one in our parlor. Roxanne, thank you, sister. The nuns withdraw. There. She begins embroidering. The clock strikes. The hour. He will be coming now. My silks. All done striking. He never was so late before. The sister at the door. My thimble. Here it is. She must be exhorting him to repent all his sins. A pause. He ought to be converted by this time. Another leaf. A dead leaf falls on her work. She brushes it away. Certainly nothing could, my scissors, ever keep him away. A nun appears on the steps. Monsieur de Bergerac. Roxanne, without turning. What was I saying? Hard sometimes to match these faded colors. While she goes on working, Cyrano appears at the top of the steps, very pale, his hat drawn over his eyes. The nun who has brought him in goes away. He begins to descend the steps, leaning on his cane, 
and holding himself on his feet only by an evident effort. Roxanne turns to him with a tone of friendly banter. After fourteen years, late, for the first time, Cyrano reaches the chair and sinks into it, his gay tone contrasting with his tortured face. Yes, yes, maddening. I was detained by... Roxanne. Well, Cyrano. A visitor. Most unexpected. Roxanne, carelessly, still sewing. Was your visitor tiresome? Cyrano. Why, hardly that. Inopportune, let us say. An old friend of mine. At least, a very old acquaintance. Roxanne. Did you tell him to go away? Cyrano. For the time being, yes. I said, excuse me, this is Saturday. I have a previous engagement, when I cannot miss, even for you. Come back an hour from now. Roxanne, your friend will have to wait. I shall not let you go till dark. Cyrano, very gently. Perhaps a little before dark I must go. He leans back in the chair and closes his eyes. Sister Marth crosses above the stairway. Roxanne sees her, motions her to wait, then turns to Cyrano. Roxanne. Look, somebody waiting to be teased. Cyrano quickly opens his eyes. Of course, in a big, comic voice. Sister, approach. Sister Marth glides toward him. Beautiful, downcast eyes, so shy. Sister Marth looks up, smiling. You, she sees his face. Oh, Cyrano indicates Roxanne. Shh, careful. Resumes his burlesque tone. Yesterday, I ate meat again. Sister Marth. Yes, I know. Aside, that is why he looks so pale. To him, low and quickly. In the refectory, before you go, come to meet me there. I'll make you a great bowl of hot soup. Will you come? Cyrano, boisterously. Ah, will I come? Sister Marth. You are quite reasonable today. Roxanne. Has she converted you? Sister Marth. Oh, no, not for the world. Cyrano. Why, now I think of it. That is so. You, bursting with holiness, and yet you never preach. Astonishing, I call it. With burlesque ferocity. Ah, now I'll astonish you. I am going to, with the air of seeking for a good joke and finding it, let you pray for me tonight at Vespers. Roxanne. Aha! Cyrano. Look at her. Absolutely struck dumb. Sister Marth, gently. I did not wait for you to say I might. She goes out. Cyrano returns to Roxanne, who is bending over her work. Now, may the devil admire me if I ever hope to see the end of that embroidery. Roxanne, smiling. I thought it was time you said that. A breath of wind causes a few leaves to fall. Cyrano. The leaves. Roxanne raises her head and looks away through the trees. What color! 
perfect Venetian red. Look at them fall. Cyrano. Yes, they know how to die. A little way from the branch to the earth, a little fear of mingling with the common dust, and yet they go down gracefully, a fall that seems like flying. Roxanne. Melancholy, you? Cyrano. Why no, Roxanne? Roxanne. Then let the leaves fall. Tell me now the court news, my gazette. Cyrano. Let me see. Roxanne. Ah. Cyrano, more and more pale, struggling against pain. Saturday, the 19th. The king fell ill after eight helpings of grape marmalade. His malady was brought before the court, found guilty of high treason, whereupon his majesty revived. The royal pulse is now normal. Sunday, the 20th. The queen gave a grand ball, at which they burned 763 wax candles. Note, they say our troops have been victorious in Austria. Later, three sorcerers have been hung. Special post. The little dog of Madame d'Atis was obliged to take four pills before— Roxanne. Monsieur de Bergerac, will you kindly be quiet? Cyrano. Monday. Nothing. Ligdemir has a new lover. Roxanne. Oh. Cyrano, his face more and more altered. Tuesday, the 22nd. All the court has gone to Fontainebleau. Wednesday, the Comte de Fiesque spoke to Madame de Montglat. She said no. Thursday, Mancini was the Queen of France, or very nearly. Friday, La Montglat said yes. Saturday, 26th. His eyes close, his head sinks back. Silence. Roxanne, surprised at not hearing any more, turns, looks at him, and rises, frightened. He has fainted. She runs to him, crying out, Cyrano! Cyrano opens his eyes. What? What is it? He sees Roxanne leaning over him, and quickly pulls his hat down over his head, and leans back away from her in the chair. No, oh, no, it is nothing, truly. Roxanne, but, Cyrano, my old wound at Eris, sometimes, you know. Roxanne, my poor friend. Cyrano, oh, it is nothing. It will soon be gone. Forcing a smile. There, it is gone. Roxanne, standing close to him. We all have our old wounds. I have mine, here. Her hand at her breast. Under this faded scrap of writing. It is hard to read now. All but the blood and the tears. Twilight begins to fall. Cyrano. His letter. Did you not promise me that some day that some day you would let me read it. Roxanne. His letter. You, you wish, Cyrano. I do wish it. Today. Roxanne gives him the little silken bag from around her neck. Here. Cyrano. May I open it? Roxanne. Open it and read. She goes back to her work, folds it again, rearranges her silks. Cyrano unfolds the letter, reads, Farewell, Roxanne. 
because today I die. Roxanne looks up, surprised. Aloud, Cyrano reads, I know that it will be today, my own dearly beloved, and my heart still so heavy with love I have not told, and I die without telling you. No more shall my eyes drink the sight of you like wine. Never more, with a look that is a kiss, follow the sweet grace of you. Roxanne, how you read it, his letter. Cyrano continues. I remember now the way you have of pushing back a lock of hair with one hand from your forehead, and my heart cries out, Roxanne, his letter, and you read it so. The darkness increases imperceptibly. Cyrano cries out and keeps crying, Farewell, my dear, my dearest, Roxanne, in a voice, Cyrano, my own heart's own, my own treasure, Roxanne, dreamily, in such a voice, Cyrano, my love. As I remember hearing, she trembles, long ago, she comes near him softly, without his seeing her, passes the chair, leans over silently looking at the letter. The darkness increases. Cyrano, I am never away from you. Even now I shall not leave you. In another world I shall be still the one who loves you, loves you beyond measure, beyond— Roxanne lays her hand on his shoulder— how can you read now? It is dark. He starts, turns, and sees her there close to him. A little movement of surprise, almost of fear. Then he bows his head. A long pause. Then, in the twilight now completely fallen, she says very softly, clasping her hands, And all these fourteen years he has been the old friend who came to me to be amusing. Cyrano, Roxanne, Roxanne, it was you, Cyrano. No, no, Roxanne, no, Roxanne. And I might have known every time I heard you speak my name, Cyrano. No, it was not I, Roxanne. It was you, Cyrano. I swear, Roxanne. I understand everything now. The letters. That was you, Cyrano. No, Roxanne. And the dear, foolish words. That was you, Cyrano. No, Roxanne. And the voice in the dark. That was you, Cyrano. On my honor, Roxanne. And the soul... That was all you, Cyrano. I never loved you, Roxanne. Yes, you loved me, Cyrano, desperately. No, he loved you, Roxanne. Even now you love me, Cyrano. His voice weakens. No, Roxanne, smiling. And why? So great a no. Cyrano. 
No, no, my own dear love, I love you not. Roxanne, how many things have died and are newborn? Why were you silent for so many years? All the while, every night and every day, he gave me nothing. You knew that. You knew, here in this letter lying on my breast, your tears. You knew they were your tears. Cyrano holds the letter out to her. The blood was his. Roxanne. Why do you break that silence now, today? Cyrano. Why? Oh, because... Lebray and Ragano enter, running. Lebray. What recklessness! I knew it! He is here! Cyrano, smiling and trying to rise. Well, here I am. Ragano. He has killed himself, madam, coming here. Roxanne. He... Oh, God! And that faintness! Was that... Cyrano. No, nothing. I did not finish my gazette. Saturday, 26th. An hour or so before dinner, Monsieur de Bergerac died, foully murdered. He uncovers his head and shows it swathed in bandages. Roxanne. Oh, what does he mean? Cyrano, what have they done to you? Cyrano. Struck down by the sword of a hero, let me fall, steel in my heart, and laughter on my lips. Yes, I said that once. How fate loves a jest. Behold me ambushed, taken in the rear, my battlefield a gutter, my noble foe a lackey with a log of wood. It seems too logical. I have missed everything, even my death. Ragano breaks down. Ah, monsieur, Cyrano. Ragano, stop blubbering, takes his hand. What are you writing nowadays, old poet? Ragano, through his tears. I am not a poet now. I snuff the light the candles for Moliere. Cyrano, oh, Moliere. Ragano, yes, but I am leaving him tomorrow. Yesterday they played Scapin. He has stolen your scene. Lebray. The whole scene, word for word. Ragano. Yes. What the devil was he doing there? That one. Lebray. Furious. And Moliere stole it all from you, bodily. Cyrano. Bah. He showed good taste. To Ragano. The scene went well. Ragano. Ah, monsieur, they laughed and laughed. How they did laugh! Cyrano. Yes, that has been my life. Do you remember that night Christian spoke under your window? It was always so. While I stood in the darkness underneath, others climbed up to win the applause, the kiss. Well, that seems only justice. I still say... Even now, on the threshold of my tomb, Moliere has genius. Christian had good looks. The chapel bell is ringing. Along the avenue of trees above the stairway, the nuns pass in procession to their prayers. They are going to pray now. There's the bell. 
Roxanne raises herself and calls to them. Sister! Sister! Cyrano, holding on to her hand. No, do not go away. I may not still be here when you return. The nuns have gone into the chapel. The organ begins to play. A little harmony is all I need. Listen, Roxanne. You shall not die. I love you. Cyrano. No, that is not in the story. You remember when Beauty said I love you to the beast that was a fairy prince? His ugliness changed and dissolved like magic. But you see, I am still the same. Roxanne. And I, I have done this to you. All my fault. Mine. Cyrano. You? Why, no. On the contrary. I had never known womanhood and its sweetness, but for you. My mother did not love to look at me. I never had a sister. Later on, I feared the mistress with a mockery behind her smile. But you, because of you, I have had one friend not quite all a friend. Across my life, one whispering silken gown. Lebray points to the rising moon which begins to shine down between the trees. Your other friend is looking at you. Cyrano, smiling at the moon. I see. Roxanne. I never loved but one man in my life, and I have lost him twice. Cyrano. Lebray, I shall be up there presently, in the moon, without having to invent any flying machines. Roxanne. What are you saying? Cyrano. The moon, yes, that would be the place for me, my kind of paradise. I shall find there those other souls who should be friends of mine. Socrates, Galileo, Lebray, revolting. No, 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 it is too idiotic, too unfair. Such a friend, such a poet, such a man, to die so, to die so, Cyrano, affectionately. There goes Lebray, growling. Lebray breaks down. My friend, Cyrano half raises himself, his eye wanders. The cadets of Gascon, the defenders, the elementary mass. Ah, there's the point. Now then, Lebray, delirious, and all that learning. Cyrano, on the other hand, we have Copernicus, Roxanne. Oh, Cyrano, more and more delirious. Very well, but what the devil was he doing there? What the devil was he doing there, up there? He declaims, philosopher and scientist, poet, musician, duelist. He flew high and fell back again. A pretty wit whose like we lack, a lover, not like other men. Here lies Hercule Savignen de Cyrano de Bergerac, who was all things, and all in vain. Well, I must go. Pardon, I cannot stay. My moonbeam comes to carry me away. He falls back into the chair, half fainting. The sobbing of Roxanne recalls him to reality. Gradually his mind comes back to him. 
he looks at her, stroking the veil that hides her hair. I would not have you mourn any the less that good, brave, noble Christian. But perhaps I ask you only this, when the great cold gathers around my bones, that you may give a double meaning to your widow's weeds, and the tears you let fall for him may be for a little my tears. Roxanne, sobbing, oh, my love. Cyrano, suddenly shaken as with a fever fit, he raises himself and pushes her away. Not here, not lying down. They spring forward to help him. He motions them back. Let no one help me, no one, only the tree. He sets his back against the trunk. Pause. It is coming. I feel already shod with marble, gloved with lead. Let the old fellow come now. He shall find me on my feet, sword in hand. He draws his sword. Lebray. Cyrano. Roxanne, half fainting. Oh, Cyrano. Cyrano. I can see him there. He grins. He is looking at my nose. That skeleton. What's that you say? Hopeless. Why, very well. But a man does not fight merely to win. No. No. Better to know one fights in vain. You there. Who are you? A hundred against one. I know them now, my ancient enemies. He lunges at the empty air. Falsehood. There. There. Prejudice. Compromise. Cowardice. Thrusting. What's that? No. Surrender. No. Never. Never. Ah, you too, vanity. I knew you would overthrow me in the end. No. I fight on. I fight on. I fight on. He swings the blade in great circles, then pauses, gasping. When he speaks again, it is another tone. Yes. All my laurels you have riven away, and all my roses. Yet, in spite of you, there is one crown I bear away with me, and tonight, when I enter before God, my salute shall sweep all the stars away from the blue threshold. One thing without stain, unspotted from the world, in spite of doom, mine own. He springs forward, his sword aloft. And that is... The sword escapes from his hand. He totters and falls into the arms of Lebray and Ragano. Roxanne bends over him and kisses him on the forehead. That is... Cyrano opens his eyes and smiles up at her. My white plume...